counting on you to be true as you are guarding from the shadow a light in the sky and then we know that you're around so we sleep every time as you're protecting from the Darkest of nights, we're counting on you. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bagden Broadcast, episode number 136. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Then we take you to the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out August 22nd. And then we wrap up with our weekly rotating main topic, this week we are bringing you, is this going to be a trade-in policy? I guess it would be. Because it's technically a trade, even though it's an original graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's DC's latest Earth-1 hardcover, uh, Batman, by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Yeah, it's a good half-hour read. Yeah. Yeah. And um, as in all things, we always like to start the day off with a beer. And this time we've got four beers we're uh, drinking tonight as we're... Talking about random stuff. It's Paul a keeps... four by four. It is crazy. Paul, Paul keeps flashing hand signs. I, I know. Didn't know what was happening over there. Numbers. But... Flashing oh, out numbers. I, I, always, I always look up to know the date for the list. You do. And he flashed me the two, the two, two. And that's why there was by, a two by a, two. Hands are blue. There was a slight pause because it's like, why? I know. No, you look <laughs> up as if you don't know though. So I, I was to, I was trying, trying to keep to creepy eye contact the whole time with you. Well, and for those who don't know, all four of our beers are from Sierra Nevada. This is part of their beer camp sampler pack. It's got four different beers in it. Um, it's a twelve pack. It's got three of each. So we're going to be uh, talking about these tonight. And the first one we started off with is can't you're not on my It's the Imperial Pills. I, I looked away because I didn't know what it was. Like okay. The bottle is sitting right in front of you, too, by I the way. I forgot I had the bottle in front of me. A lot of moving around. Don't like Pilsners. <laughs> Man, this is a horrible IPA, but a okay Pilsner. Yeah, it, it's not It's not bad. It's got a nice little flavor to it, but it's yeah. it's, it's nothing else. It's, it's got just, that metallic pop on it like that I don't like from, it's from Pilsners. Pilsners. Like, it's drinking it and all of a sudden it's just like... Someone just hit your tongue with the back of a metal spatula. Huh. It's like aluminum-y. I don't altogether get that, but I get that it does have a lingering flavor in the back of your mouth. Yeah, it does taste... The metallic aftertaste is there. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Yeah, you're right. That's what happens when you record an episode together. <laughs> yeah, we just we, fist bumped. We, we agree <laughs> on this. <laughs> I, okay. Man, what is our best... <laughs> what is the... No, explicit tag. <laughs> Two minutes and 30 seconds in. Explicit tag. Oh. I can't help it. That's what you guys are. But what is the best uh, Pilsner that we've had so far? Is it the Eurotrash Pils? I think the Eurotrash, the Southern um, Tier. No, there was one that you liked more than that. It was something that we had recently had. Chris. I think we had it like a couple weeks after. I don't remember yeah, what we, it was. I, I, we oh. had... I remember this conversation, though. Is it Great Lakes Pilsner? The yeah, Red Brothers the, pills? Yeah, I think that's the one you liked okay. over Euro Trash, and Paul and I still agreed Euro, Euro Trash. You know what? That's what oh, we get. No, you guys have <laughs> to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Three minutes <laughs> and 15 seconds in. All right. Paul's doing producing stuff now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try. Yeah, he made a mention about, like, 
if I was a good producer, I would take notes about stuff when it happened, and then he didn't for the rest of that episode. <laughs> now he is. Well, I couldn't have started then. You couldn't. I don't know. I, there's people that probably love Pilsners. You might enjoy this. Um, it's just a personal taste for me. I just don't like them. I, I, I think this is above normal Pilsners. I wouldn't say it's anything great. It's, it's an Imperial Pilsner. I'm, I'm not getting a lot of, it says like there's a sticky resinous crystal in Pacifica dry hops, which balance the light body yet complex malt backbone. And I'm not. No. It's, it, I, it's almost like a, a ghost beer, cause you get an intent, you kinda get a bigger flavor that goes away and just lingers with an aftertaste. I'm gonna let this warm up a little bit and see if maybe I get more of that like multi on it, but I'm just getting that. That pop. I don't know if you have time because we have three other beers we have to drink. I know. I was getting that's rid one, of this beer, so that's I can one ask after for a next one. Each segment, we can do this. Okay. Yeah, but then we're going into our next segment. Yeah, that's so true. Do we do it before or after? Yeah, we'll, we'll do it after. We, we're gonna our, have to double up on one segment. Well, we'll double up back. in our main topic because those are always the longest. That's very true. And uh, talking about longest running, I have no idea where I'm going with it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to not do a segue here and, and, and say we're into our Wiki Geek. <laughs> Paul, you, that was your worst segue ever there. Or best. Or best, because I'm laughing my ass off. So put that in your little notebook. Like. <laughs> I did. That might become part of the clip show. I just hope that your little notebook before the end of the show becomes like any notebook that I have when I'm sitting next to Chris, and it's just him drawing like penises and my face on it. Notice how I'm keeping it away from both of you. <laughs> there we will can be geek, a, though. There will be a moment when you walk away to go to the bathroom. It's and, pocket-sized. And here's the thing. With me. It's going to be like five pages back, so you're not going to see it until like you're at work or something. You it's pull like it out. It's like the comics we keep hiding in your, your office here. I know. Night Force number one is still in here somewhere. Whenever we get a comic book we don't like, it just hides somewhere in Paul's uh, office slash the studio. Oh man, and it is. Warm and then he in finds here. it and he pulls it out and like like uh, he puts it with the books to give back to us. And then he gets up to go to the bathroom and we just stash it somewhere else. I do it right in front. He gives it to me, and as soon as he turns around, I just stick it in another pile for him. Oh, one of these times, one of these days, I'm going to have to organize this room. Like, actually, you know, sit down, get a plan together, organize it. I'm not going to say anything, because I'm not going to step over what you're about to talk about. <laughs> I don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> well, no, that's that's Paul, like, I have somewhere I'm going with this. Yeah, exactly. And that's usually me going, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then you're like, no, that was my segue. Paul's having an off day. <laughs> having a horrible what, day. What news story do you have open on your computer there? Let's just get right into it. <laughs> I thought that's what he was going for. So did I. Oh, you know. Sometimes studios get things together too and organize thoughts and put out a two sentence blurb about what a movie's gonna be. And can we guess what this movie is? A US pilot who ends up in space in the middle of a universal conflict and goes on the run with futuristic ex-cons who have something everybody wants. Green Lantern! Combination of the last Starfighter and Serenity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like a mashup of those two movies. I like it. Let's do it. I, uh, 
Christmas special. (laughs) (laughs) Now, figure in a big tree creature that only says Noot. I guess that's how it's pronounced. Root? Root, right? Yeah. And that's, that's the only word he says. He's like a Pokemon in that way, right? Yeah. Is it like Chewbacca's growls, though? Other people can understand what he's saying? I don't know. I, I've never read this book. I'm keeping up the suspense. <laughs> I've never read it either. But it starts an adorable raccoon. But it had it. You know what? This book has a big fan following. Um, we're, we're fans of the creators with Andy Lanning yep. and, uh, Captain Atlantic. Yep. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, this was quote unquote announced, shown off, whatever you want to say with the concept artwork at San Diego Comic Con this past, uh, summer. And we, we've got the official logline for it now. And supposedly, uh, Marvel's in talks with the director too. Yeah. Uh, uh James Gunn, who did Super. Well, he was the screenwriter. For that, he also did Slither, and and also two live action Scooby Doo movies. I'm reading it right here. <laughs> and he also did the Rama, uh, by the way, Lollipop Chainsaw video game. Oh, really? Yeah, he wrote that. Uh, which was like somebody might have a good, fun. good concept of doing a fun, over the top space movie. Yeah, um, I'm, I've never been a big fan of the cosmic side of the Marvel universe, um, but this is something that. Yeah, you know, it could be fun. This might be something that makes me check out the book. Yeah. And I'm, I'm gonna nerd call this right now. I bet what they have that everyone wants is one of the Infinity Gems. Ah. That's well, my guess. Actually, John is right that James Gunn is in talks with Marvel Studios as their choice for director. Ah. And who wrote it was this, the, uh, is currently being written, rewritten by Chris McCoy. I don't know who Chris McCoy is. But that's where the movie is going to be about the pilot on run with futuristic con artists, ex-con artists. Can you ever become an ex-con artist? I don't know. You could. They're going to be back for one more job. You know it. There's gonna, always one more job. Paul's going to love this movie or, if they're outlaying their plan and they're <laughs> showing them in the planning stages while the plan's being executed. Yes. I do love that. Paul, something else... You might enjoy. Uh-huh. Uh, one of your favorite robot voices is trying to throw his name in to play Vision in Avengers 2. Who's, who's one of my favorite robot voices? Vin Diesel from the Iron Giant. Oh, this is the only Vin Diesel movie I've enjoyed. <laughs> the Iron Giant. Uh, yeah, he's been, um, he's been, um, putting up different Pictures of Vision, like on his Facebook, uh, Facebook page as uh-huh. his, as his profile picture. So a lot of times when he does this, it's about some upcoming film that he's either doing or wanting to do. At which point, oh, that's verified accounts for, uh, Twitter. I'm yeah. like, to changing your profile page, I'm like with, like, on Twitter, like, would you lose your verified status if you're not playing the Vision? <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to use that kind of, like, picture for something, could you, like, could they say, well, no, Vin Diesel, you're, you're, you're not, so you gotta take down the vision. Well, but he's still Vin Diesel. Yeah. But, this, this is like, okay, he could just be putting up pictures of the vision because he just discovered the character and thinks he's cool, though. Yeah. yeah. But, 
what he's when he's put up concept artwork when he's been working on um the new Chronicle of Riddick movie. Mm-hmm. Like he's been putting up things that he's been working on, so that's why the big rumor mill is he's trying to gun for playing Vision either in Avengers two or possibly, you know, in one of the cartoon movies he might be up for a role of playing Vision. He did good voice over working the Iron Giant, but he hardly it was, said yeah, anything. It was just him growling. Yeah. So I don't know how... Well, I could see him like through a digital filter sounding like a really good robot. You He's know? a stiff actor. You know? Yeah. I think it might work. <laughs> I think I like it. And he's bald. The <laughs> low grumbling sound noise that he makes is, when he talks is, might work as a robot. He needs to trim down because he's pretty pudgy these days. I would never say that about the guy. Yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't say that either. Because I, I could say that about myself. I could say it about myself too, but he, I mean, in uh, Fast Furious 5, whatever it was called, was just like... Fast 5. Boy, Vin Diesel doesn't look as tough. He's slightly pudgy. He's in cars all day. You know? Like, what's he going to do? I've never he's seen... He's on the run. Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah, I, I, all I know is there's driving involved, so yeah. I, I imagine... Them Paul Walker's in some of them. I don't know who Paul Walker this is. the other guy in those movies. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, hey, also in uh, movie stuff, uh, Daredevil. Back yeah. over at Marvel now. Man. It's, we talked about this a little bit last week, I think it was. Yeah, um, yeah, whether or not it would happen, and it has. They Basically, the uh, director, Joe Callahan's kind of thrown in the towel. He's giving up on it. Did you see his sizzle reel? Uh, I saw part of it, but it's only like two minutes long. Yeah. yeah, John John had it on like his phone or something. Yeah, we watched just a little bit of it. It was just cut scenes of. Yeah, well, that's the sizzle reel. Yeah, it's like the two ex- a two sentence explanation of what your your movie would get, going to what would it be, and it's basically just jump cuts of different movies put together to try to get the overall. Yeah, theme and then it had images of. Daredevil and Kingpin and stuff like uh-huh. that cut into it. And he had an explicit one, and then he had like a oh. one that wasn't. I don't know if I saw the explicit or non-explicit. I'm so desensitized. <laughs> <laughs> I blame podcasts that swear a lot. <laughs> use use the word <laughs> market, Paul. Maybe that'll teach you not to be such a <laughs> sometimes, Paul. <laughs> um, I'm I'm happy about this. I. Like to see a Daredevil movie, um, alongside the other kind of street level heroes like Power Man, Iron, Iron Fist. Fist. I think that'd be cool. Um, there's been some talk online where Daredevil's just not that kind of character that they've really been going with the Marvel movies like right. Captain America, Thor, Iron Man. He's a little bit too small. But how cool would it be to see like a Daredevil TV show? Make it like part trial law. Drama and then part superhero action. Well, you could do that with him. For the, what wasn't that called? Wheel of what was the eighteen wheels of justice? Wasn't there? I have no idea what you're <laughs> talking about. Paul. There was this one weird television this dream show you had show where it was this big rig. Paul having a fever dream. He's like <laughs> eighteen wheels justice. It was like oh, this- they keep saying <laughs> on the show. <laughs> He's marking down all the time, so I love it. <laughs> there was this one show that was like a 
semi what is a semi driver semi real show it's a truck driver studying yeah. law and he while trying to raise a family in the back well he's uh, working on his uh, his, 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 his arm wrestling, his arm wrestling. <laughs> Man, that's just, just over the top John this show's got everything there was, you mean our show right now no 18 wheels of justice <laughs> I think it's a real show. <laughs> and, uh, it was horrible, and I'm pretty sure there was also a cop drama where the, or not the, but a law firm drama that the guy would go after people. And Alias didn't work for a while, and I could see it. Well, Alias was very different, though. That was like a spy show. Yeah, but it was action packed, and 24 worked. 24 did work. That was action, you know, all about action. So I could see Daredevil working as a television show. I just am more excited about Daredevil coming back to uh, Marvel for the villains and all the other characters that we get. And we talked about that more last episode than uh, now, I guess. But uh, now, <laughs> eighteen wheels of justice is real. <laughs> Billy Billy D. Williams was in five episodes of it. Who's that? You mean Lando Calrissian? Because <laughs> you don't call him Billy D. Williams around me, sir. He's Lando. Just Lando. This sounds like nothing. <laughs> like what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that you could take like a Daredevil TV show and turn it into this is just <laughs> boggling. <laughs> oh, well. That's fun. Well, I mean, but, like, it could be a Daredevil. You could do a Daredevil show on that same, like, level. Where it would be just the the overly the made for syndication like the Atlantis television mo- or oh, television no. shows I, like those like not quite. I, the, no, I want ABC something family. good, Paul. I, I want a show that's going to be on at like ten o'clock at night, like I, I a little bit like darker and grittier. Like I, I, I want a Daredevil TV show. I, see I don't want so. MacGyver made for TV movies. I see it more as MacGyver made for TV. They're like, less than MacGyver, but it's going to be on ABC Family because Disney needs to fill up their their block of programming for that. They can't run on Pretty Little Liars alone. Well, here's the thing. Um, if Joss Whedon's developing a TV show and uh-huh. they say, like, hey, we've got Daredevil, do you want to do this? I want him to say yes, and oh. here's what I'm going to do with it and have it be awesome. So we get Nathan Fillion playing Matt Murdock. <laughs> No, I see Nathan Fillion playing Froggy. He's yeah, he's kind of chubby these days. Snapple's <laughs> pudgy to John now. <laughs> he goes running at five thirty every morning, and now everybody's fat. What a jerk! Super, I'm super jerk. <laughs> also, but, super jerky is a uh, layoffs. What's, what's happening over at Cloud uh, Gaming? Site service, I don't know what yeah, you would call gaming it. Yeah, cloud gaming service. Uh, uh, on live, which I don't really care about cloud gaming. I don't know too much so about it. It's so weird that it's announced all these massive layoffs and almost a shutdown after they got a uh, agreement to go live and be part of the service for OUYA, whatever that uh, uh, top set box that is being made by uh, Vizio. That's going to be $99. On live was going to be Boom, right equipped in there. So it seemed like a pretty big deal. People were kind of excited about it. And then all of a sudden, oh, we're kind of shutting down mass layoffs. But 
it's going the way of game tap, I guess. Like, this is the second time where, uh, all streaming service has gone under. Game tap being, I think, first, really. Mm. Uh, but they're still alive, technically, and they do game reviews and articles and stuff. They're kind of like a one-up or a, uh, Kotaku or a, uh, what's, what's the more popular one? Like your IGNs? IGN. More yeah. like an IGN kind of thing now, but, yeah, on live, was supposed to be, some people were saying, oh, this is going to be what the one generation future is going to look like. There's not going to be a console that you buy that's Xbox or PlayStation. Everybody's just going to develop one system, and it's not going to be a box that you have to have all the components in there. It's going to be really cheap. It's going to be almost in, uh, almost be able to be included in your computer or your television screen itself. And you're just going to do it all in the cloud. It seems like people were on board, but apparently not enough. Yeah, apparently not many because uh, from interviews with the people that worked on at OnLive, they were like, yeah, we knew we were in trouble. Like, if something didn't really happen to boost revenue in August and September, things were going to be bad. And announced that they're shutting down. Um, supposedly, like, someone is stepping in to buy like the rights to it or take over the company, but um, layoffs, if people do want to stick around and help work with the new company, they're not actually going to get paid. They're going to be working for stock options, which from what it looks like, most of the people that are being laid off are like, no, it's not even really worth it. No. Usually when uh, massive layoffs are happening, your stock futures don't look great. You Well, a stock option is the ability to buy a stock later on at a price that is set now. Yeah. So that's nice, because right now, I don't think you can get lower than what the stock is probably going to be priced at. <laughs> yeah. So as long as they think... So if you think that, you know, if you help out the company and it does actually succeed because you did your job really well, then you're going to make out. But... Game tap didn't work. Yeah. So... On live, how many consoles have they sold? The $99 consoles. Do they really think, if you really think that Vizio's box is gonna be the turnaround for this service, then, yeah, but, do you think gamers are gonna be buying the Vizio box, and then buying a $50 controller, and swapping out their Xboxes? Or, do you Probably hear not. more people talking about the next Xbox, and the next PlayStation still? Yeah. It's more based around that community. You you know if you pick up a game for Xbox, you're gonna have millions of other people playing in like terms of like Call of Duty and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Live didn't have that many people going. They had eight thousand servers, which only eighteen hundred of them were in use. Um, I read in one of the articles about it. That is a poor business plan. Yeah. So they were maintaining all those other servers that just weren't being used. So that those are costs there. Down those servers, unless you need them because at peak times that they're actually going to be in use. And but overall, they're only using X amount. I, I can't remember because they said I forget how many actual paying subscribers they had. The the rest were just lapsed accounts or people that were taking advantage of like the free 
uh-huh. like memberships that weren't doing anything with it. I, you know what? I just can't imagine the the bandwidth costs and the server costs because you you imagine a thing like Netflix, which has had its up and downs over the past year, um, and their profit margins are you know marginal, and they try to increase them by cutting out the DVD service because it's costing them money and focusing more mostly on their server space because they have to send out movies, but if you s- slow down a movie a little bit and make it slightly less than HD, not many people are going to complain. But if you slow down a video game, instead of going, and especially a shooter, instead of the 45 uh, frames per second, goes down to 30 frames per second, you've ruined the whole game. Yeah. Somebody else has shot you and you could have defended yourself or anything. Yeah. Where the game, and if it goes below 30 <laughs> frames per second, then usually a game is unplayable because of the lag time. And then you got the lag time between, you know, your tele- television set and the controller anyway, so it gets nuts. It gets crazy. It becomes awful. Like a floral IPA, Chris? I, I'm i not a fan of this floral IPA. That's right, we're talking about the second beer from the Sierra, no- Sierra Nevada beer camp. It is just a slightly hoppier version of their Pilsner? Almost. It's, it's kind of got that... The celebration, it's just like that mouthful of hops. <clears throat> but it's not, but it's, not, it's not piney, it's just, you, you get like, you get a, that hoppy bitter, you but there's, a, you get a hoppy version of their Pilsner. It's just like the other beer, it's right up front, and then it's gone in your mouth, and it just has a little bit of flavor linger. Like, I'm not getting a bit floral, like IPA, I get a little bit of sweetness on the nose, it's got that, like, yeah. bouquet. But I'm not getting like any sort of like sweetness on a taste. It's like none. Yeah, there's nothing no citrus. Good about this beer at all. Floral IPA. I imagine a white IPA, and this is not a white IPA at all. And look, it's got a nice. It's got a nice color. It's well, a nice amber. Yeah, it's very nice. Floral, floral IPA does not make me think white IPA because a, a white IPA is like a, a hopped like wit, like a white. Right. A Belgian. I don't so. think that when I see floral IPA. When I see floral, I immediately think Belgian beer, mm-hmm. like a wit, or any uh, other beer. So I see white, and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, floral, I don't get any floral. I don't get coriander, grains of paradise, any of those well, kind of like florally things that normally associate with the beer. This was um unique take on the traditional IPA style. Pairs the bold and intense aromas of whole cone hop flowers. With uh, aromatic natural rose hips and petals. So rose. I'm so rose. We're rose. supposed to be getting rose off of okay, this. I, I put this over the torpedo that we had like a couple months ago mm-hmm. on the IPA front, but still just Sierra Nevada let me down on this one. Yeah. I, the only thing out of their their newer stuff that they've done was the Ruthless Rye that we all liked. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, their original, their, their Pale Ale is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I might put this above their pale ale just because I remember drinking it during my all day disc golf day and uh not remembering it at all. <laughs> but maybe that's my fault and not its No, maybe it, that's a good thing because it was just like a beer that you enjoyed. Yeah. For it being was a there. Really hot day and I was like, let's drink a little. There's nothing bad about it. The pale yeah. There's nothing bad about it, there's nothing great about it. The pale ale said thing if it's like if there's nothing there and you go, oh, give me a 
Boston Lager. Yeah. It's the same thing with Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. There's nothing there, and you're really in the mood for a beer, and you're like, oh, well, I'll take the Pale Ale. I, I will say this. I finished the uh, Pilsner. This one, I I don't want. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'm, I'm yeah. probably going to get up and dump this out. <laughs> I think that's probably the safest for me also, because, um, you know, I already had a bit to drink today, and i got to work early well, tomorrow. Paul dumping his beer out is a safe thing for him, but what's safe for our comic book pull lists? Hi, this is Kyle Stevens. And this is Jim Demonacos. And we're a Kirby Crackle. And you're listening to Bagged and Board Podcast. And the thing I'm looking forward to on August 22nd is being a southern gentleman. Yes. Drinking some mint juleps. Yup. It is a new Lobster Johnson one-shot. The the prayer of Nerfew. Uh, Basically, it's a one-shot of a cult having a swinging... 40s, 30s party with a mummy and Lobster Johnson coming in to shoot it up. Um, written by Mike Manola, art by um, Wilfredo Torres. Do you miss uh, Mike Manola not doing his own art on these books? Um, you know, a little bit, but I can stand it. You know, because they usually they the art usually does fit the book. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it, um, is it Guy Davis, Guy Davies, who does a lot of the BPRD stuff? I don't know. I don't read him. You read him. Um, You're a BPRD Hellboy boy. I'm the Hellboy. I actually don't read too much of the BPRD. You're the Hellboy boy. The Hellboy boy boy. You're the uh, but Mignola. he also, he did, um, what is it? The, You're the uh, best boy. Yeah, Hellboy boy. Thank you. You're welcome. Um... I don't know what a best boy does, but he's always in the credits. For every movie I've seen, there's a best boy. Aaron, Confessions of a Movie Snob. Help us out and let us know what he does. Uh, Contact at baggingpodcast.com. I guarantee you, as soon as you tell me, I'll forget it. It's one of those things where I know I don't have space in my mind to remember, but I always want to know, but never really care to know. Hmm. But anyways, Hmm. I'm looking forward to... uh, so why is Lobster Johnson shooting up it's this a, cult it, having a party with a mummy? They're having a mummy. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't give you all the details. You got to read the book. I'll tell you. I'll tell you on Thursday okay. <laughs> if I pick up my books on Wednesday. I will tell you as soon as I pick my books up and read them. Wasn't that a big thing where they would have mummy unwrapping parties and like eat the wrappings of the mummies like during the forties? And they would sit around and watch 18 Wheels of Justice. <laughs> I, I'm sun No, I know, I know they would. I know there were mummy unwrapping parties. I don't know if they would eat the wrappings, though. I think they did. I thought they thought it would make them live longer because of all the things that were said to be in the mummy wrappings to preserve the bodies. Oh. It'd be like eating the... Skin off of a turducken, I guess. Yeah. Oh, no, that's crispy and delicious. <laughs> well, you eat some mummy wrappings, and you tell me if it's not delicious or not. We just sit there and eat, like, Band-Aids? Hey, I finally figured out the flavor from our last beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul, what book are you looking forward to? Oh, the book I'm looking forward to is a book that I've been looking forward to since last month, and a book that I'm looking forward to 
from number issue number two because I still haven't found issue number two. And that is Batman Incorporated, written by Grant Morrison. Number three, art done by Chris Burcello. What What's his name? Burcello? Oh, man, I closed down Chris the Chris Burnham? Works. Chris Burnham. There it is, from Elephant Man fame. Um, this is the one that got pushed back due to the sh- uh, horrible shootings uh, during the Batman Dark Knight re- Rises premiere. Uh, apparently, there's a scene in it that deals with gun violence and small children. So they DC decided to push it back a month because they felt it would be insensitive. Uh, so I'm really more looking forward to do this to see what the fate of Damien is. John and I talked about this uh, during the week about where we think Damien may or may not go. And uh, I'm more leaning towards Damien is going to get away from Bruce Wayne and Batman and he's going to take the mantle of the leader of the League of Assassins. Hmm. Chris and I were also talking during this week after our conversation, okay. and Chris pointed out that it's Grant Morrison. He's kind of in his own bubble. Yeah, might not add up to the regular DC kind of. But he's the one that brought in Damien, so he's the guy that created Damien. So it's kind of his character. I know it's DC's character. But if they paint him into a corner, if he paints DC into a corner, you think DC's gonna just not pay attention to it? Yeah, that's exactly what they've been doing in Batman Incorporated and Action Comics. Well, in Action Comics, yes, but they've paid attention to what he did no. in Batman. He killed off Batman. <laughs> he, yeah. He did that. And he brought yeah. him back. Yeah. And then he's, with the new 52, they gave him Action Comics. He's not on Batman anymore. Right. And he's not gonna be on... And- He's not going to be, be on, on any DC yeah. book exactly. after a while. So they gave him, they gave him Batman Inc. Like, all right, you can do whatever you want to do here. Well, he had Batman Inc. before he had, before the New Fifty Two. Yeah, I know. And he had and the story started... of Love Leviathan before the New Fifty Two. Yeah. And if they wanted to reboot and stop what Grant Morrison did in Batman, they would have let Batman be rebooted. They basically rebooted it, but Graham Morrison kept doing what he's doing. Because he's Graham Morrison. So you're saying no matter what he writes in Incorporated, it won't matter. Yes. I think they're just letting him finish out his story that he wanted to do. And you guys aren't along in the ride anymore because you're like, nope, no, I Graham Morrison, crazy I really... train. No, I... I'm done. Batman Inc. number one, I... I thought it was great. I started picking up Batman and Robin because I I didn't realize. Started picking up Batman and Robin, not Batman Incorporated. Well, well you know what? Because I missed. You can't find it. I missed. Yeah, I missed them um, from um, my previews because it was when I read one. It was already too late, so I was like, I'll just have to pick them up in the shop. So when I go in, I I would honestly rather read Batman and Robin by Pete Tomasi than right. Batman Incorporated, and I just. Damien might be Grant Morrison's baby, mm-hmm. but I think Pete Tomasi writes the hell out of him. You like his take on Damien more? Yeah. The Damien stuff in the the current books right now, with him going after all the other Robins, previous mm-hmm. Robins, to show them how much better he is than them, mm-hmm. is the best part of the books right now. Okay. 
Chris. Like he, Hi, I'm Chris. Like he sneak attacks Red Hood. Beat, like, doesn't really even beat him, but just says that he did. And steals his helmet and drives away. He's like on a motorcycle. On his motorcycle. On yeah. Red, Red Hood's motorcycle. With the helmet on top, uh, like right between the handlebars. Just drive it away. Like, it's like, oh, that little dick. <laughs> but you, you, you're like, eh, it's great. No, his name is Damien. Dick was one of the other ones. Oh, do you need to write down that I said dick? No, we're okay. <laughs> Would it, if I had said, like, cock? Yeah, no. I don't know. What, what is, what yeah, constitutes no. explicit? Well, you're right. <laughs> I don't know what, I know that what we were saying before constitutes explicit. What? The word we were saying, you guys were saying, I did not say it. I, I heard Paul say it. No, I didn't. Uh, yeah. Oh, he must have edited that part out. Oh, he totally did. What a schmo. Hawk. Schmo hawk? Are you guys commenting on my lack of full hawk today? No. No, I just said what John said. <laughs> well, much like John, I'm looking forward to a book from Dark Horse Comics. And mine's actually Spike number one. This is spinning off of the Buffy season nine. Um, Wait, who's Spike? Spike is the once evil vampire from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What season does he show up in? Season two. Oh, I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Paul hasn't gotten there on a TV show like 15 years old at this point. Hey, I just finished watching Battlestar Galactica Saturday. Wow. Well, start watching Buffy, and in beginning of the second season, you'll learn who Spike is. I've actually seen... I was going to say, you should know, because you've watched this before with your mom. And this, yeah. No, no, this... not the second season. Never got there with my mom oh, okay. for the second season. This reminds me that we need to finish watching Buffy and uh, yeah. Battlestar. Yeah, we're like in season four when we left off. But um, this is uh, telling the story of Spike. His, uh, the spory? The spory. The spory I can't, Spike. I can't talk. The story of Spike. <laughs> it's a spory his, story. His steampunk dirigible and its crew of gigantic cockroaches going on an adventure beyond the moon. It sounds fantastic. <laughs> it is. Um, it's just kind of one of those things. Spike showed back up in season number nine for Buffy. He had been gone. He was over at IDW with Angel. Um, so when he makes his grand appearance back in the Buffy universe proper, he had a Zeppelin that was piloted by giant cockroaches. When did Buffy get crazy? <laughs> Probably around season four. <laughs> when did it just stop making any kind of sense? Oh, that was season two. Okay, so I don't need to watch it then. <laughs> no, you should. Um, oh, they're really good. And I, you gotta, th- once, you gotta throw me this book, cause it sounds right up my alley. It's, it's gonna be weird, but it's gonna be fun. Um, written by Victor Gishler, who actually was there for the relaunch of X-Men when I started buying it, and it was like the whole vampire arc. Oh! So funny how this works out. Uh-huh. Um, art by Paul Lee, who's done some stuff on Buffy before, as well as Conan at Dark Horse. Talk about relaunches in X-Men's number one. Are we gonna do a, a, a whole Marvel now? Because, uh, I don't feel a need to. Really? You guys aren't interested nope. in it? They're, they're not relaunching. It's not like they're starting. They're number ones. But they're basically just renumbering. Oh, so you're saying it is a renumbering, it's not a relaunch? Yeah. They're if they were like, up the whole, all the teams. They're changing up the teams. They're not completely like restarting it though. They're rebranding the team, a lot of the books. Okay. Now, if they were starting fresh, like brand new, like we had with DC, I'd say like, oh yeah, let's. But not all the books started fresh and new with DC. 
all the proper ones did though. Like not Batman, not ba- Green Lantern. Batman and Green Lantern. Yeah. Those yeah. are the only two. I mean there's yeah. and there was so much like history with those characters that have been happening, like mm-hmm. And those were the characters that were working right. the most too, going into the relaunch. Um, even if they were doing like the same thing over at Marvel with keeping X Men and Avengers like as they were going, but uh-huh. relaunching everything else around it, then I'd say like, yeah, you know what? If we're gonna be getting Daredevil number one, Thor number one, Iron Man number one, because they were kind of starting fresh again, like right. completely different takes. They're they're not though. And we already did that with <clears throat> Moon Knight, Punisher, yeah, Daredevil. We already did that when they did it. That's true. You know, we did talk about those. And I, I have absolutely no interest in uncanny avengers or any of those like i i wasn't thrilled with a versus x you know i i thought it was hokey but i mean if they did do something big mm-hmm. all right yeah we should talk about it but i don't think this is it, it's a revolution this this it's is just m- another way for them to have more titles this is your typical marvel we've done a big event here's the aftermath it's going from Avengers to Dark Avengers, you're saying. Yes. After Secret Invasion. It's not a, re- it's not a big enough relaunch for us to do another draft. Yes. Paul, Paul just wants to draft something, I think. <laughs> I know. We need what? to do that beer draft. We'll do the beer draft. The beer draft, they have not emailed me back about that beer. I, I said, hey, can you have it ready by this weekend? They did not email me back. I have no idea where that beer is. Well, Paul, I'm sorry they didn't email you back about that beer. But we've got another one in front of us that we can talk about. I love that segue. I'm um, writing that segue down in my book <laughs> and drawing a heart next to it. I'm going to draw a penis next to it later. Um, we, we've got the next from Sierra Nevada over here. This is their Imperial Red Ale. And I really enjoy this. I'm kind of sad that I had to go through two crappy beers to get to this point. I That first sip is this great malt yep. taste to it. Like it's... It, like you, it's so unexpected. I've lost it though. I'm halfway through my beer, and I don't have that malt anymore. I have a dry my mouth out hoppiness to it. I do get the hoppiness. I do get all these are are saying imperial. I have not once gotten like that alcohol burn on yeah. any of these, which is great. Did we even I'm... look to see like what the alcohol per volume was in these? No, no, no. They don't seem that high. No, they really don't at all. Um, they don't taste high, but they could be. The the next beer we're going to do, it's a oatmeal stout, and it's 9%. Okay, Paul, I think you've got the Pilsner over there. I got the Pilsner, and I am looking, but I do not know where to look. IPA is 59 Okay. That's uh, the Pilsner is 5.6. Okay. So it's not that high. So, yeah, they're not. They're, that's really high for an oatmeal stout. Which I'm looking forward to that one. But this red. And it's, it's not Imperial. But with this red, it, it <laughs> reminds me a lot of the fine, flying bison red, uh, the uh, aviator red. I, I put this a little bit over it. Um, I think I would the, take aviator over this. The aviator, it's just got a little bit too much of that watered down feeling to it. This is a nice, really, yeah. I don't know, like this is a nice, more full bodied. I, I feel like the aviator has a little bit more molt uh, than this does. It's a little bit darker, uh, especially in color. 
when you pull uh, pour it into a glass. But uh, this, this is, is good. This is I'm not taking it away. I'm just yeah. we, because we went there where you just said that the aviator was watered down, I, and I took offense. I, I think you should try it again. I'm a buffalo boy. Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> yeah, but this has just flying bys and sucked until they were bought out by. Uh, is it Southern Tier or? Man and Vince? No. Uh, the, um, Saranac, the company that owns oh, yeah. Saranac, which is like Matt, Matt Sherman Brewing or something like that. Yeah, Matt and, yeah. Matt Brewing Company. Um, I don't know, this, I like it, like, it's, you take a sip and then you just, it kind of envelops your tongue. It's got that, it's got that hop, mm-hmm. that hop aftertaste. That hop killing your tongue kind of aftertaste. Yeah. I can um, see that, but I, I still get the malt whenever I take a sip. Like yeah, it, I had that it lingering was hoppiness, really but extreme in the beginning, it, like that first sip, just almost knocked my socks off. I was like, "Wow, that is malty. That is really good." And it's that malty's gone away every sip, because every sip you still have that aftertaste in your mouth of all the hops. Possibly, possibly again. that's yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, possibly it. So far, my favorite from the pack because the first two have been just crummy. But speaking about things that we might like or we might not like, let's head over into our main topic where we're going to be bringing you, uh, the DC Earth 50 or Earth One, Earth Earth One one Batman hardcover. Yeah. Let's talk about the hardcover idea of these Earth Ones. Yes. These are designed to be sold. At bookstores, to the going public, to the you know regular. Uh, I've just seen the movie. I like the movie. Oh, there's a standalone Batman book I could buy. Cool. Here it is. It's a hardcover, and it's going to cost me how much? This was twenty four ninety nine. Twenty two ninety nine. Twenty three bucks because it's our hardcover. But honestly, it's like a half hour read, maybe forty five minutes. Yeah. It's really probably thin. about the length of. Two, two and a half regular comic books. Like, this isn't a thick book at all. No. Um, but I they throw it in hardcover so they can sell it at the higher price point. Yeah. And I, I do like their presentation. Same on the, uh, Earth One Superman we got yeah. two years ago now almost. Yeah. Yep. Uh, from J. Michael Straczynski and Shane Davis. Um, I, I do like these. This whole, I don't want to even say line because they've only had two books come out so far. And We've got volume two one. of Superman coming out soon. Um, was just to reimagine their big characters and just kind of release them out into the wild. Um, Batman, it, it's, it's a Batman book, but it's not. It I don't is, know. it is a crazy retelling, almost as crazy. Just one notch below is whatever happened to the Cape Crusader from Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. where they were just like, he was just saying, came up with any idea, like, oh, Alfred is actually the Joker also, and he was just playing into the whole charade to keep Bruce busy. It's like that kind of level of reimagining where is what we got with all the classic Batman characters. Uh, Cobblepot is the mayor. Mm-hmm. The dense... Yes, I did put a plural there. There's a twin sister that was born, so there are two. One's, I guess, the DA, or is the DA, uh, when they grow up, and one is going to become, spoilers, 
a, a, a candidate for the mayorship, and they grew up with Bruce Wayne. And Bruce Wayne was kept out of an orphanage because the butler, who wasn't really the butler, he was going to be the, like, security guard for the, for Thomas Wayne, who was running who for was, mayor. Yeah, running for mayor. Uh, it took him in. And became the, I guess, the, uh, legal guardian of Bruce Wayne. And, uh, the Arkham Asylum isn't really an asylum. We, we basically find out that Martha Wayne was an Arkham, mm-hmm. and Arkham Manor, or whatever you want to call it, was their, like, ancestral home. Yeah, and it sits at the center of Gotham, and, uh... And some craziness went down there, yeah. so it's kind of abandoned. It's um, the haunted house. Yeah, it's the, it's the haunted house on the end of the street now. At the end of every street. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> basically, like, I did, yeah. I did like kind of jumping forward to uh-huh. talk about this kind of stuff. I did like how they kind of showed you how Gotham was laid out. Uh-huh. With like almost that hub and spoke, yeah, like Boston is, like, and some everything of the kind of like spiraling in. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they mention here that in this idea of Gotham that Arkham designed and built uh, Gotham, but the Wayne family paid for it, they funded it, yeah. And the Waynes are really really old money, and Thomas Wayne is a pharmaceutical uh, company. So he's a pharmaceutical rep and that's now running for mayor. Uh, Cobblepot is a corrupt politician. Uh, but he's still kind of the penguin. Yeah. And the Dent, Harvey Dent is still kind of Harvey Dent. You only see him in like one panel. And, uh, Bruce Wayne is still an orphan. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon was that tough cop, but now he's, but uh, he's beaten down. Yeah, he's just rolled over. Yeah. And when you get, which I, Pepsi, I did enjoy this. You get Harvey Bullock kind of coming yeah, in. It's his secret origin, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, Harvey Bullock is basically a TV cop, like that does like reality work, uh-huh. coming into Gotham, and he, you just see him as like that. Oh, I'm going to clean up the streets. I'm going to be the good cop, and you just have Gordon be like, "No, just leave that guy alone. Like yeah. he's he he can make stuff happen. Don't don't deal with him." Um, which I actually really liked Bullock in this because it's such a different Harvey Bullock from what we get in the regular 52. But then you can see where he's going to be going. Yes. And it, this starts off very much just kind of like Batman Year One by Frank Miller, where you have, it's a younger Batman that kind of just doesn't really know what he's doing yet. Yep. Things don't work out right. He gets his ass kicked. Um, but ultimately, I, I didn't really like this. Yeah. It's not better, it's not a better origin for Batman than what we've gotten in every other time the origin of Batman has been told. Yeah. I, I agree, I did like it. I didn't think, it didn't wow me, but mm-hmm. I did enjoy, you know, the Elseworld kind of take on it. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed the the Gordon, you know, mm-hmm. being the real schlub, and then finally, at the end, being the Gordon that you know. See, I I like where this book ended more than the journey it took to get there. I like seeing Bullock at the end just, like, walking into that all-night liquor store, just being like, what do you got? Uh, yeah, because early in the book, he says he's never taken a drink. Does not drink. Mm-hmm. I, Which I'm like... Is that Harvey Bullock or is that Bruce Wayne? Which 
I really shouldn't, you know, the hair color was different. Yeah. But sometimes I have a problem with that. Uh, being slightly colorblind, where sometimes those little nuances I miss. But I found Har- Harvey Bullock and Bruce Wayne kind of were drawn a little similarly, which is really surprising for Gary Frank. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I, I didn't mind the art. I like Gary Frank. I think he did great mm-hmm. with this. I'm going to pass the book over he to does, you, Paul. So he you does kinda... almost like a phono, uh, photorealistic style, where well, all his characters look like people. Uh, I thought in his action comics run, he did a little too much of the um, yeah, casting. Because he was going for the Christopher Reeves yeah. work. Because he, he was working with Jeff Johns at the same uh-huh. time. and Yeah, it yeah. was Jeff's last time they worked together. Jeff, he, Superman was Christopher Reeve, and Margot Kidder was Lois Lane, and it was kind of took me out of the book. Here, these people look like people. They look like real people. They look like I could walk past them in the street, but I don't they're know. Not, yeah, they're, yeah, they're not, not casted. So it yeah. didn't, I was there a little afraid because I'm like, oh man, these people look like people. Will I, and I did not once recognize anybody in this book. So it made me feel immediately better. One of the things I hate about Infinite Crisis okay. now is I go and read it and I see, uh, the guy that falls Dick over. Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> the guy that falls over the Ottoman. He falls uh, over the Ottoman. Dick Van Dyke. That's, I, I love that that's how you remember him. DVD. You know? <laughs> DVD. You know? No, that's, that's great. Prescription murder. Or what was that? <laughs> Diagnosis murder. <laughs> Diagnosis murder. <laughs> he, he can come up with 18 wheels of justice, but he can't, he can't come up with Diagnosis murder or no, Dick Van Dyke show. It's, no, I can't. That's what we love about Paul. Yeah. Um, I, I do, I do feel like this book was, it feels like it was kind of rushed. It feels like it was cut I down. Know. Isn't that weird? Because these were announced years ago. Five years ago now? No. Four? It, it's probably closer three, to three, three because we had, to wait a while, and then we got Earth One, one Superman. Superman, and then but that I feel was like it was like two years before Earth One well, Superman. Well, because John and I actually talked about this, and we did the episode about Earth One Superman back when you were upstairs, where okay. the Marno Studios used to be, right? And like we've been in the new studios for a year now, right? So we're looking at at least a year, at least a year. But it was I'm trying to remember like. What else was happening around that time? Because it was summer. Yeah, I don't remember now. But we're talking a while ago so because they've already done another Superman. Superman book, and it's slated to come out, I believe, at the end of this month. Oh, good! Like, because I ordered that one, so we could do that too. But um, mm-hmm. like but this has been in the works for a while, and you got to say, I, I, where, if, where Paul might be coming from. At least four years, because they probably were work- should have been working on this before it was announced. Yes. You know, so yeah, it, like four years. Because they but- had the teaser image for it yeah. when it was announced. Yeah. So it's been in the works. But it seems like it should have been four to six issues cut down to two and a half. Yeah. Because there's stuff that just seems really, really rushed in it. Like, yeah. even like... You're not ready with Alfred and, and Bruce, and then they have the fight, and then, well, all right, he's ready. Maybe he is ready. I have to say, I did not like the Bruce-Alfred relationship in this. Nope. And not, and not just because what we've seen and what we've had before, uh-huh. 
But there's just no rhyme or reason to why it is the way it is in here. Like, they're just... The one thing was the ex-military friend who came to run the th- came to run the security. I was stationed in Burma with your father. Right? This is before the war. Before, <laughs> the, before war. the war. Who then has to take over this kid who then trains him to be the vigilante. Who would, mm. who would take him to get the training to do everything he's doing. Did they that, ever explain why the bat? Well, he found the... There was a suit of armor that he found. Oh, right. That looked... It was like samurai armor that, that looked... That scared him. Kind of baddish. And then he's like, bat doesn't scare everybody, Bruce. Which I thought was kind of a good line. Yeah. Uh, but that makes more sense than just, Hey, Milford Pennyworth, your butler. Oh, what, everything you want, Mr. Bruce, you know? But he has a dark secret, which I like. This, there's no dark secret. Yeah. He, he is he, the dark secret. He is, yeah. He's living the dark secret. Like, it's, like, the thing that I fear from Earth One books is this is DC's, like, streamlining of continuity and story and condensing it and getting it ready for the Diane. Diane, oh god, Prince. Nelson? Nelson, yes. Diane Nelson. Like, uh, well, I, I wouldn't Diane Prince, like, cause of Dinah Prince, like. Yes, from Wonder Woman. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping Wonder Woman. Yes. And not the was, porn star. I didn't realize there was a porn star by that name. She goes by that name because of Wonder Woman. So there you yeah. go. It all circles back yeah. on itself. <laughs> it's a snake. It's the Ouroboros. Um, but the, what was, what was my point? Now you got, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm you, porn and I'm lost. You did that to yourself. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> well, see what happens. It's a snake eating itself. It's the Ouroboros. Oh my goodness. I'm just back where I just started again. It's exactly <laughs> like a snake eating itself. It's the Ouroboros. The Ouroboros. <laughs> um, Alfred and Batman. Oh, condensing itself down and making it pal- palatable to the movie studios to make a movie out of this. I, or I, out of this see, kind of continuity. I don't want this. I, I think this was more done just for those fresh takes on it. And this isn't a... I don't want anybody walking away and thinking this is what Batman is. Exactly. I, I think Batman's one of those origin stories that's been told so many times. Everyone knows it. Uh-huh. And, yep, yeah, at, basically at the fundamentals, this is the same. Child of privilege, uh-huh. parents are lost, he grows up, ser- like, searching for vengeance. That's That's here. This just, it's not a good way of telling it. No. And John, you enjoyed it a little bit more than even, Paul and I did. Even though they say See, that he's searching for vengeance and he even says it. Who are you? I am vengeance. And then Penguin makes fun of him. I, and, I like everything else about this except for the Batman stuff. Yeah. And like, um, like the birthday boy stuff, before they showed him, were, were you like, who's he gonna be? Yeah, I I wasn't honestly. No. Um, there's a like mass murderer kind of understory to all of this, and he actually gets uh Barbara Gordon, which I thought the whole like her drawing up the designs to become Batgirl yeah. was a little tacked on there. But um, setting up for number two. He he was kind of what the Oswald Cobblepot uh-huh. was to Bruce Wayne to Batman. Like, he was okay. the villain for Batman in the story more than anything else, I feel. Yeah, because Batman in the story keeps on getting his butt kicked. He can't handle himself in a fight. So let's give him a villain that is really beefed out, 
really strong looking that's a serial killer that has no detective skill whatsoever to figure out. He's not heady at all. He is just a killer. He, he's not leaving yeah. any kind of crazy clue for him to yeah. follow. It's not any kind of detective work. It's straight up muscle versus, versus muscle here. And that's that's the fight we get. Um, And the Cobblepot stuff Cobblepot stuff is the headier kind yeah. of stuff trying to figure out and trying to solve the murder. The Who set up my parents to die? Who caused yeah. it? Is there a conspiracy? And Alfred's like, uh, no. <laughs> there wasn't. Uh, you ran out of theater because it got dark. And then you gloated to the the guy like, I'm Bruce Wayne. My parents are rich. <laughs> yeah. It was all stupid. Yeah. Uh, really snotty and bratty Bruce Wayne, which is never good. Which, which you would I, I didn't mind that. That part of Bruce Wayne, like, that was a little bit different, him being just like that snot-nosed little kid. Right. Um, I, I, I was... I see the movie now! I, I was okay with that. At that point, I wanted him to die. <laughs> <laughs> and, I just, I, as much as you know we love Jeff Johns, if you listen to any of our earlier episodes, we put the dude on a pedestal. Yep. Um, I just, I... Did not like this until the, like the end. Basically where we wound up is I was okay. Like I would buy Earth One Batman number two if that ever comes out because the groundwork's been laid, but I just, I didn't like Batman in the Batman comic book. Yeah. I agree. I completely agree, but I don't think, please don't call it number two. Like if this is made for the uh, book buying market, you gotta come. You gotta come up with a better name than I, Batman Earth One Number Two. You I gotta, think it's called Volume. Two. I think the Superman oh, one coming out is just volume, volume Two. And I, that is just, if you're going after the book buying market, just a colon something. You know, it's I, it's what then, people are used to. But then you have nobody's what, used Batman to buying Earth Volume one, Two, the beginning, and then people are gonna go to that, going, oh, it's the beginning one. Like, this is where it all starts. I, I see, you know what... It's not Harry Potter 1. <laughs> yeah, but Harry this Potter is to two. the book-buying public who are going to see all the other Batman trades yeah. on there and think, okay, this is where I start. Where there's lots of other... There's lots of other things for them to start at that are great things. I'd rather have see, them start at you I, know, the Frank Miller stuff, and I don't like Frank Miller stuff. No, I, I definitely agree. You're one is better than Earth One. There's so... But this is its own beast. Right. If, if there's someone that picks this up because it says Earth One, and they later brand this, like, Earth One Volume One, mm-hmm. Earth One Volume Two Batman, like, whatever they decide to do for, like, the trade dress for it, I can understand them not having subtitles for it. Right. Because it's Batman Earth One. That for me, that's the title. I can't tell you what the names of any of the Green Lantern or Green Lantern core trades I have are. It's like, oh, this is Green Lantern Volume One, this is Green Lantern Volume Two. Really? Yeah. Did Did you know that Invincible is all named after I uh, sitcoms? I did not. <laughs> all their traits. You know why? Because because I look at it as okay, this is one, this is two, this is three. The one I have coming out is sixteen. 
that, right. and that's very much for the comic book buying market. That's what I'm saying. Is and I, I'm you're looking, used to that, and I'm just looking at it from like the trade dress. Like, okay, I've I don't have anything to read. I'm going to go to the bookstore and pick up the next volume of Fables. I'm I'm just going to scan through. I'm not going to look at the titles and see like. Okay, well, this one's called this. This is the one I don't have. I'm going to see, like, okay, well, the last one I bought was number this. So, What's number 19? Love Stories. Uh, what was, that was, what, the fourth trade? Of see, the I tables? I know the titles to them, but I can't tell you which one right. is volume soldiers, four, which one's Toy volume five. Toy Soldiers was one of them, right? Uh, March of the Wooden Soldiers. Wooden. That's, I believe, volume four? I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe five? But it's. I think we're getting a little away from Batman Earth One, and before we wrap up, yeah, we were getting into fables. Yeah, before we wrap up, which is a much better series than Batman Earth One. Both the Earth Ones so far. Before we wrap up mm. on Earth One, we have one final beer to talk about, and that is the smooth is it, oatmeal stout. This from, is way too smooth from Sierra Nevada. That is delicious. <laughs> You, I, I think we're becoming a stout podcast. I, I'm okay with that because. <laughs> hey, when you get into the dark night, you got to drink dark beers. Yeah, and uh, we, we've, we've, we've constantly been hitting all the those great dark beers that make you want to drink dark beers. See, when we were a Green Lantern podcast, it was more about the IPAs, and now the door's swinging back the other way. <laughs> yep. In for nine percent alcohol. I mean, you have you can taste yeah. this. You can taste that it's strong, but it's so smooth. It is a great dessert beer. And this thing is, not to make a Green Lantern reference because we're a Batman podcast, but this thing is like black as night. Like, yeah. this thing is dark. No light escapes it. And it's got just like the, the right about, it's smooth, the right amount of bitter. Like it's. No, you can't see anything through it. It is completely opaque. Yeah. It, it's good. It's a, it's a great mouthfeel too. Like it's just, it coats and it's just. Harmony. It's like that's, that burnt. I get a lot some sh- I get some really good burnt malts on here. I, I think we drank everything in the right order because the Imperial Red and then this kind of made they, this they, box worth it. They made the burnt box worth it. And this, it's almost... I I would not recommend you picking up this box, but this beer is really good because the box, I mean, it, we, it came to $22. Yeah. Which we didn't... When, when Chris and I stopped at the store to pick it up, we didn't realize that's how much it was going to be. I, I don't tend to look at prices for beer. I just buy it. Yeah, but you don't expect... Sign number three of an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. You know what? But I think you kind of have to be... With the way we drink, because yeah. we're sharing on the podcast, we're grabbing something new, you kind of have to go... Well, Bring I'm them all this home. Up. I'm picking this up. This is and where we're going. Like I... Like I said to John, it was like, you know, normally we bring at least two beers. If you're buying two six packs, mm-hmm. you're going to be spending probably over like 10, 15 bucks anyways. Mm-hmm. And I understand like, you know, this is a premium. Like yeah. it's not great, but Sierra Nevada, it's a smaller brewery. Like they're not a well, little bass or a Budweiser. Yeah, but for Here's 22 bucks where we flush three of them down the drain or two of them two down of the them. drain. Sierra Nevada has been around longer than Sam Adams. They just didn't have that big marketing push. But uh, they might not have had that marketing push, but Sam Adams is still just a 
it's a bigger brewery. Like if you ask someone if just out on the street if they've heard of Sierra Nevada, chances are going to be no. I think people have because they are just about everywhere. They're going to say, do, yeah, they, do they deserve to be though? I, you know what? They're constantly putting out new and different beers because we're constantly picking up and reviewing their beers. And how many of them have we liked? We liked Ruthless Rye and their Oatmeal Stout. And their Imperial Rye. Uh, yeah, Imperial Red. Torpedo Celebration. Yeah, like, because they, I mean, they really go after those hop kill. Oh, it's all kill hops. Yeah, we're definitely in the kill hop zone. Uh, but, but this these is beer no. camps. There's no guarantee that they'll be around. No, because no. this is beer camp what, number forty-five. Well, each one has had a different number on it. I think the last one he had was like fifty-three. That was the floral IPA, and then the okay. Pilsner was forty-three. Okay. So I don't know what those numbers mean at all if they're just picking different beers that they've brewed like in order and putting a number on it john's gonna sneeze cantaloupe cantaloupe mother oh sorry paul market if you swear at john when he's about to sneeze he doesn't or if you yell cantaloupe you have to yell cantaloupe too you talk gibberish i did have that i tried to not be super loud so i went (laughs) did you hear that i didn't actually (laughs) Oh, I just heard this wonderful beer over it. It, it is great. It is. I oh, I buy a six pack of this or like a big bottle, easy. Oh yeah, I I I hope it's one of the beers that they do stick around. And I knew like I know Ruthless Rye they're going to be doing again. Mm-hmm. It's going to be seasonal for certain times of the year, like there's like spring, because there was such a high response to the rye. Like, this flirts with that just kind of, like, syrupiness at the very back end, but I think that's just, like, the maltiness yeah. kind of, like, coating on the back. And their tumbler is back for fall. So hopefully we can get this as a, a winter beer if people... I Oh, this would I, be great for them. I would, yeah, this would you be know, fantastic. I very rarely write things to anything, but I would write to be like, can you please keep your oatmeal stout around? I was, this is I was thinking too. the same thing like on Twitter, if I could just like post at them like, hey, we love your oatmeal stout. Yeah, I think you can. I'm, 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 I'm going to look into it. I'm going to do it from bag and board so people know that we liked it. Oh, A lot of coffee that we flavors. It yeah. On episode 135. It's 36. caramel and coffee and... It's like an iced coffee drink, but yeah. not... Yeah, it, 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 but it'll get you done. It's it's dynamite. It it will tear you out the frame. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm getting torn out the frame. You know what's not tearing me out the frame? Jeff Johns anymore. No. Um. Here's the thing. After I read Batman Earth One, I had the overwhelming urge to go back and reread the Superman one, and then be like, man, I'm really looking forward to Superman, because right. I've always been a bigger Batman fan than Superman. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I love that Superman one so much more than this is just like, that's surprising because I was really looking forward to picking this up. Well, it was, you know, it was more, the Superman one was a, a take on Clark Kent Superman that we really hadn't gotten before. You know, he tries out for the football right. team. He does, you know, he does all those things and he's like, uh, I can do anything. I can be anything I want. Mm-hmm. What do I want? What do I want? And I thought that was a really mm-hmm. great thing about him. He Superman. is it, a it human, super it, slacker. 
it, it humanized him in, mm-hmm. in, in a way. Mm-hmm. And you could really relate to him. And in this, you can't relate to Batman. The things that I found the most interesting was Harvey Bullock. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like at the end, the, the little teaser at the end, you know, that was, that made me go, okay, I, I would read the next one to see where it's going to go with that. But you kind of know where it's going with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, the thing is. And I know. think, I think also at the time is we've just had an amazing Batman run. Yeah. You know, and then we finished. Well, we, starting with Grant Morrison. <laughs> We we finished the Batman trilogy, Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy, and then you get a not on par with those Batman story. But I can understand after all the great Batman stuff that we've had and we've really talked about here between mm-hmm. all of that to get such a not great Batman story from. Jeff Johns, someone that we love and champion, yeah, on our podcast, like it, it it's kind of sad. Like I don't want to be a Batman podcast anymore, it, guys. It it feels like Jeff Johns tried to overdo Jeff Johns, where he needed to feel like he needed to reimagine all those characters in a new way, like he did in his Action Comics run, where he kind of put a new spin on uh the the toy. What's a toy? Toy Man? Toy Man. And I see, I like that though. Yeah. It was good. Because those characters needed it. This, I mean, it, this These is the guy, this is the guy that brought back Hawkman. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I have all those issues still. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And redid, so, so, uh, he the did, Sapphires he in did, a way that made sense. Yeah. He did great spins on second rate characters. These were first rate characters. And what really bad is, even as Superman, like, and which character do we like most here? What's the spin? Harvey Bullock. Harvey yeah. Bullock. Who's a second-rate character. Because he was introduced in the television, the cartoon series, wasn't he? No, that was uh, Renee Montoya. Oh, Renee Montoya was, and also uh, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Okay. But yeah, I I feel like as soon as he was introduced, Bullock was just kind of like, oh, they're making him like all-star super cop. Yeah. But then just seeing that character's kind of downfall... While you have it kind of reverse like that, it, well, it, it's it's, uh, it's he once fell through the floor on a pile of dead children. Yes, <laughs> but it's like right between. And then like, he was stuck down there. It's him alongside Gordon, who you just see Gordon's at the end of his rope, and then just like at the end, he's like, "Okay, here's how things are going to be now." Yeah, Gordon like, bounces back. Where I, I just kind of like the flip flop and just like the way yeah. those two kind of reverse rolls almost. No, no, that's exactly what they do. It's not even an almost. It is exactly what happens. It's Gordon, through this experience with Batman, comes out better for it, and Harvey Bullock (laughs) comes out much, much worse. I'm just flipping through. I got to the page where, like, there's the guy. uh, He's like, come on, is this supposed to be good cop, bad cop? And then you have Bullock me like, no, it's bad cop, bad cop. And then it's it's him and Gordon just like... (laughs) Like With complete badass baseball bat and what tire iron, right? It's a crowbar. crowbar. Yeah, you know, it. It's. It's a Batman story. But it's not a, all Batman stories are good. Are, yeah, not, not are all worthy bit. to say they're Batman stories. And you know, it's 
to me, it's the Elseworld kind of Batman story. And that's the thing. And, you know, sometimes those aren't great. Sometimes they're good. Do we miss Elseworlds? I, I don't, because we, we can still get them. You just, like, yeah. stuff like this. Well, I'm saying, well, this would take the place of an Elseworld story. We've been without Elseworlds title for over 10 years. Almost 15? No. How long has there... Because what? When was when did Gotham bite Gaslight? Or Oh, that came out a while ago. Yeah, but... Even Superman Red... Excuse me, Red Sun came out, like, probably 10 years ago. I am now... Because I remember hearing, like, Mark Miller talk about that when I was still reading Wizard. Paul's doing his, uh... Yeah, producer stuff. Research. Um... I'm trying to... I, don't know. I, I, I to kind of go back to Batman while Paul's looking that up, I do want to reread this because I read it, like, the weekend it came out, and then I passed it off to John, and then you had it for a couple days when you were reading yeah, and it. Yeah, and then, and then, and then to Paul, and Paul had it, it came back weeks. to Paul, and then Paul had it. And Paul finished it right before the podcast. Yep. So, like, I haven't read this in a while, so I do want to go back and reread it just and to see how I absorb I it all then. Like, I, I don't, I don't think it's... It's not a great Batman story, but I don't think it's bad. And, like, Chris said, like, he doesn't like the Batman stuff. But you're not supposed to like... You're not supposed to like Bruce Wayne. You're not supposed to like Batman because it's him. 2005 was the last time a uh, Elseworld story okay. was published. So, what, uh, seven years? Yeah, seven years. Um, but you're not supposed. you're not supposed to like him. He's supposed to be that really green. You can see where he's going to be but you know, building. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm not even saying not to cut you off, because I am trying to cut you off. We got that in Batman Year One by Frank Miller, and it was so much better done. And some of the characters were reimagined in a way we didn't think Catwoman. Yeah. That's where the whole thing with her being tied up yeah, with prostitution it, comes it, in. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with that. I, I thought this was Jeff Johns, you know redoing year one kind of a thing. And I'm not saying it's 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 definitely not better. If somebody asked me should I read this or year one, I would tell them to read year one. But you can see where everything going yeah. wrong with everything he's doing as Batman is gonna lead him to become the Batman that we know. I mean like going yeah. to Lucius Fox to fix his mm-hmm. like I I know what I want, but I can't build it Fix yeah. it, make this work for me. And I, I kind of like how you get from Lucius Fox. Like, I don't know where that page was in here, but it's just like, back. he gives it to Lucius and is like, really? Like, I feel like everyone in the comic book universe or universes probably knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman, <laughs> but they're just too nice to say anything about it. Like, I don't know. Or, just, or they find out, and then all of a sudden they get a check, and like, you don't know who Batman is. No, not not even that. Like, I just want to say, like, Bruce is like too full of himself to think that anyone can solve that <laughs> mystery. Like, I, I just think it's like one of those things that everyone knows, but they just kind of like downplay it. Like, well, no, like he, his parents are dead, guys. <laughs> like, give him this. Give him this one thing. Because it just seems so stupid. Like even I was even thinking that during uh Dark Knight Rises when it's like, yeah. Oh man, Mr. Bruce Wayne, you're so cut up and scarred, like no, it's 
It's from rock climbing. No. <laughs> two and two. Everyone knows it makes four, Bruce well, Wayne. Nobody saw him. Like, he kept himself hidden. That's why nobody knew he was cut up and scarred. I, I like to think during that time he was doing the whole American Psycho thing. <laughs> <laughs> so what we got out of this podcast was... Sarah Nevada makes a really good oatmeal stout. And they should continue making yes. the oatmeal stout. And if you wanted to have somebody... Well, what's my favorite origin story so far? I might, if I had to point to any origin story and say this is like the Batman canon that I subscribe to, it might be Batman Begins. Because I really like the idea of him, after his parents die, even the animated series, he goes out and trains his ass off. And then comes back to Gotham. Might be a little green still, but he's Batman at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where Batman Earth One, or Earth One, and also Batman Year One, he's not quite Batman, and he gets his bucket quite a bit. I I have a a friend of mine who has been asking me Batman things to read, and I mm-hmm. even asked Chris, and we've given him just a laundry list of things to read and he's he's read pretty much all the huge story arcs except for um like no man's land and uh cataclysm cataclysm did he read war games i believe so okay. but i mean that was actually pretty good but he's it. read this in the last like two, me CPR. two and a half two and a half three weeks uh-huh. he's read all the major batman stuff and i would like to pass this off to him to be like okay You've been crazy. No, I, I no, 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 no. You've been crazy into Batman stuff. What do you? What do you think of this? Okay, it's too that's, soon. That's that's what I want to go for it because I'd really like to see what he thinks of it. Because up until up until he met me, his favorite Robin was Damien, and I was like Tim Tim Drake's Tim Drake's Robin, and then I gave him stuff for him to read with Tim Drake, and he's like. Tim Drake's my favorite Robin. He's awesome. Can I, can I read, what, what should I read more of his stuff? Like Titans, like pick up Red Robin. Pick up Red Robin. And he's, Fabian Issyeza stuff is great. He's been reading Red Robin and he's like, okay, I really, I really like it. Like what, I think he, he's almost done with the Red Robin issues and he was asking me like, what next? I'm like, he's in Titans now. Yeah. Don't read the Bill Willingham Robin stuff. (laughs) No. Those sucked. Um, but, but I I'm would like to see, I would like to see oh, what that, that he, what he thinks of this. Cause he has this kind of, too soon. That's, you know what? He's read almost all the major, all the major Batman stuff. I, I, I'm going to say, get this out of the way while you can. <laughs> like, make it like a bandaid. Don't do it. I, I don't know. I, I do want to reread it though. I, I'm, I plan on it maybe tonight or like tomorrow. Anytime you have. Exactly, Chris. Pretend like 15, it's a band-aid. Pretend like it's minutes. not there. <laughs> pretend like it's not there. Don't talk about it. Just pretend like it isn't there until it falls out and takes care of itself. <laughs> That's how I solve with problems. Where's my beer? I'm a, Drink I, my beer. <laughs> Drink my beer. It's good. I'm a slow comic book reader, and I had this done like in a half hour. $23. I am sorry, Chris. I am so sorry. No, it's... It's okay. I'll put it on my bookshelf. Right. I, I'm kind of sad it's gonna be on my bookshelf next to better Batman books, but oh, it might taint them. <laughs> oh no, Earth it's gonna One spread. Books are two 
darn expensive. I I really do think so. I don't I don't I do not see on this. Paul was wearing moment. gloves when he said that. It was if weird. If there was like a if there was a, an interview, I don't get it. wearing gloves. If there was an interview or something written by Jeff Johns, like explaining what he was going for, like mm-hmm. additional stuff, character sketches by yeah Gary Frank of hey, you know who this person is? I was casting him after this. Would probably be worth that twenty three dollars to have something mm-hmm. in there extra. See, but here's the thing: companies don't do a lot of original graphic novels anymore because they're generally expensive to do, at least with, you know, the periodicals, like the books you get every month, every, like, week when you go to the comic book stores. That's all just collected. They can just repackage that, put it out on the shelves, and charge 14 bucks for it. Mm-hmm. This is standalone. This is something that they're paying the creators to make. They're paying someone to edit it. They're paying to package it and put it on the shelf. So I can understand them charging more of like a premium for this book because they haven't been able to make their money on it beforehand putting it out. But they put it in the hardcover and are charging you at least $5 more because of that. True. But I don't even think they've done the Superman Earth 1 in softcover yet. No, and I don't think they will. I think it's always going to be in a hardcover so they can charge you the twenty three dollars. And but and that's and I, why and they I do think it. That it's because it's a premium original graphic novel. It needs to stand above just the regular collected edition. How much were the Vertigo original graphic novel stuff? They're around the same price. Like when I picked up the uh, Fables one hundred uh, one thousand one nights of snowfall, it was probably around here. I was talking more about the uh, Vertigo, um, like. The true crime. Oh, novels. the uh, the crime stuff. I want to say those were like eighteen bucks, but they were smaller. They were right. like digest it, size. I mean, like dark most dark horse or image stuff is usually eighteen dollars. It's always, I mean, the independent stuff is always a little bit more money. And again, like Paul, you kind of mentioning, you know, they're hardcover. They can charge you more. Again, it's that it was twenty bucks. Uh, okay. going for nineteen ninety nine list price. The, it's that premium. Like, do you want to get this as soon as it comes out? It's in hardcover. Pay this much for it. It's the same thing with just regular novels. Like, you right. can buy the hardcover and pay yeah. this much, or you can wait a year, two years, and then buy but the paperback. I don't see them coming up with a paperback version of these books. No. Well, they they don't have to. I mean, they're they're standalone. Like, if you're going to the store to buy Batman Earth One, you're going to buy it because it's. Batman Earth, Earth One. One by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Or it's on the end cap of uh, Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Kind of thing. If, if you're going in and going, well, I want to pick up a Batman book, you might pick this up. Okay, Earth One. See that? Look at the price and be like, hmm. And then walk over and be like, oh, oh, I get Batman what's, Year One. What's, 17. what's Batman Hush about? And pick that up for 14 bucks. They'll be like, why is Penguin still alive? <laughs> You know, Alfred shot that dude. It's a, and that's the thing. Like, all said and done, I have to say that this book doesn't lead you into the rest of the DCU continuity. Superman seems like, yeah, it's a different take, but all in it, all, it you can keep on reading Superman books. Any Superman book can be fine. And yeah, because that's Superman. The last thing. 
I read by of Superman that I really liked was All Star Superman, which mm-hmm. was another reimagining of well, you Superman. Should, you should free Jeff Johnson, Gary Frank's you know what? action I read, comics. I read some of them. I they were good. Didn't stick around with them because I got bored with them. Huh. You know, and I think that's kind of that Superman does lead into okay. I can see where this is going with it, mm-hmm. and you can say this. You can say the same thing about this because it is. It sets up Batman for everything that he's done wrong to lead him to be Batman, and I think that's what Jeff Johns was was going for. It's not a great version of this. Yes, Batman Year One is better. But you can't say that he didn't show you a beginning for Batman to lead you into the Riddler trying to figure out who Batman is. Oh, what a riddle. You didn't, it didn't lead you into why Barbara Gordon would want to become Batwoman. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it shows you why Jim Gordon's gonna be that cop that's gonna bring down crime. Why Bullock turns into a, a good cop who drinks too much. It did show you all those things that you would want. Save one. There's no way Alfred, this Alfred, would let a Robin go around. I think he would see it as just as he saw Bruce, and he would train him, and he would be the more nurturing person in Dick or Tim's life. Alright. No. This guy is all about war. Bruce makes his decision and he is fully an adult when he becomes Batman. I you know. I do see this Alfred being like No, I I s I've seen what it did to Bruce. Yeah. Like there's no way I can let like you train a kid after me watching you get your ass kicked and me coming in to save you, spoilers, uh, you know, on your first time out, I, he can't trust Bruce to do it. And the, that's my one save one here. Like, it leads you all, I can understand all those points that you made. Yes, it does lead us to that regular continuity, except I, there is no way Earth, in Earth One that a Robin could work. Well, we don't have Earth 1 Volume 2 yet. <laughs> yeah. And who knows? If they do do a Volume 2, you you might not see. And that's Robin. why we get Batgirl. And we'll, we'll, they are training us to expect Batgirl next time because she has judo book, karate books, and a Batgirl costume all drawn up. We'll see three years from now. Maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> three at, years at and 30 two. bucks can we agree at yeah. least two? Two years and well, 30 not, bucks later. He doesn't have to worry about working on a Green Lantern movie. Yeah. Between that and this. Uh, I just, Maybe a Justice League It's movie. such a worse start for anybody that wants to read a Batman book. It's the worst place to start. I, I honestly, it's, if someone went up to Jeff Johns and asked, like... Hey, where do I start reading Batman? Like, what's a good jumping on point? I don't see him handing off his own book for that. No, yeah. I hope not. And I, it's not a good story. It just it it 
it seems rushed, it seems cut up, mm-hmm. it seems like he had written more and they broke it down yeah. to fit this, is, this size. And Paul, I'm going to s- jump in right here quick because I just saw this. I know you said you didn't see any of the casting, but look at this panel of Bullock right here. Uh-huh. That looks like Christian Bale. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can see that. Even though it's Bullock, not yeah, yeah, Bruce and maybe that's Bullock. why I kind of got confused between the <laughs> that's two. That's why you got confused. Oh, that makes sense. This is not Batman Earth One. I'm going to summarize my thoughts on it. Is not the first Batman book, and whatever happened to the Cape Crusader is not the last Batman book. Yeah, don't I, either one of those. It's is someone who's there is just out been, of continuity. Been I mean, we've all been solidly in comic books for mm-hmm. 10 years this is something we could read and be like eh, you know it's not the best it's not the best take on Batman yeah. someone who hasn't been reading comics or watched the movies and picked this up I, yeah I I feel sad yeah. I feel I feel sad for him I'm I'm happy that like my friend Joe who just got into comic books and reading Batman stuff has read all this great stuff that is out there. For the first time. For the first time, right? The thing is, like when I mentioned the Elseworld stuff, uh, I was really getting to the point of Dan Diego when he was when he came out, he was like, No, we need to focus on who our characters are. Let's really make sure everybody that's reading books know who our characters are. We have one place. Don't make it confusing. Don't make it over the top. Get rid of the whole weird Matrix Supergirl. Supergirl is Superman's cousin. Make clean. Make it less confusing for the new readers. This makes it more confusing for new readers. I wouldn't <sighs> say it makes it confusing, but it just it's mediocre. Yeah. It's mediocre. I I wouldn't say this makes it confusing. I'd say this makes it crappy for new readers because if you were to jump in like pass this off to someone as their first Batman book no it's the first two Sierra Nevadas that we had versus the last two being everything else we've read in Batman basically all the Scott Snyder stuff is the oatmeal stout (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome it took me how many issues to make you guys read the Scott Snyder stuff Oh, we jumped on the Scott Snyder stuff at the beginning. Paul, you and I did a bag and board bite yes. about Batman number one, and we loved it. I'm looking at John. Okay. That. Okay. <laughs> that time I hadn't read the Scott Snyder stuff. He was stuck on detective comics. Much like we're stuck on to, this oatmeal stuff. I had to pick it up. It was my one of my books. I had nothing else to say. Much like we have nothing more to say. For this podcast. So let's know what you thought of this podcast because Paul really wants you to rate and review us over on iTunes. <laughs> Here it comes. I will be damned if those knitting shows has more ratings and reviews than us. Five, five pages, Paul. And they only had like five episodes. We have 136? Yes, this 136. is 136. episodes, all right? Really, 135 for me. That the <laughs> That's your own fault. You it's, know, every week we I've do been this. on every single not episode. You guys haven't. <laughs> <laughs> you started those. You're welcome. 
Oh, whenever Paul or Chris can't do it on Sunday, we pause and we don't do it. Oh, but John can't be there, so, oh, f*** him. Let's just do it our own. Paul, mark that time down. <laughs> but knitting shows <laughs> have more. John, you can come over and borrow the equipment anytime you want and do yourself a not episode. I'm not stopping you. I wouldn't want to do this without my two best friends. And if you listen to me on the latest episode of Confessions of a Movie Snob, I say the only thing Aaron asks me if we get sponsored and we have a whole bunch of money, what do I want out of it? I said I want the exact same thing I have now, getting together with my two best friends and having fun and talking about what I love, beer and comic books. What I would want too. Yeah. Somebody else paying for the beer. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. That's what I said too at the end. <laughs> and, and, and someone else paying for the, uh, the, the graphic novels. Yeah. Ugh. I don't mind doing it. It just, yeah. I'd like to enjoy it. <laughs> well, you know what? It makes our reviews more realistic because nobody else is going to have, we have to pay for these books. This so is, that, Please into our reviews. This is this is something that we do because we are comic book fans. And if if you've listened to any of our episodes, you know we just like to sit around and have a beer and joke around. Like mm-hmm. basically our podcast is what we do just every day when we're not sitting in front of microphones. <laughs> and if you don't want to give us a rating and review, how dare you? You're getting this for free. We're doing this out. We're we're paying for this beer every week. We're paying for these comics every single Wednesday or whenever they decide to show up to the comic book <laughs> store. And you won't even take the time to rate and review us when the people with knitting, <laughs> knitting podcasts have so 458 reviews. Oh, man, you guys got to talk Paul down. Just email him over at paulabegbroadcast.com and... Let him know you love him. Or just hit us up at contactedbagboardcast.com. If you have any questions, ideas for shows, whatever you want to hear, let us know. Something as lame as Stitch and Pearl <laughs> Podcasts has more ratings and reviews on iTunes than we do. I am furious. In I am vehement. And find us over on Facebook and our Tumblr. Or our Tumblr. Our, uh, we have a Twitter. Our Twitter. But mainly our Facebook, because it's what we would check the most. And because I want to keep talking so <laughs> Paul doesn't go crazy, uh, we're going to be heading to Fan Expo up in Toronto again this week. So um, be sure to listen for that. We're going to be bringing you some more information from down on the floor and some interviews as we're talking to different comic book people. Do those about, knitting podcasts. About knitting, maybe. <laughs> Go to Joanne Fabrics and interview people that are the best knitters? No! We don't know. We've never listened to any of them, Paul. <laughs> they don't. Okay, Paul has. <laughs> you know why? Because I want to know what's so glamorous about them. They only got three episodes and they got more ratings and reviews than us. Which which one is that? That it's Knit and Pearl. Don't I mention Pearl. What's, what's great is when we go to the convention, we need to get buffers that's like, this is Paula Rivera. You're listening to Knit and Pearl. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> I will never. It will never make it to air. And by air, I mean stream. And by stream, I mean the internet. We know you're right. Because I would never post that because I don't know how. <laughs> That's why we have Paul. 
He, you only have me he, he for those totally, ratings and reviews on totally iTunes. He totally does a better job than Scott in some aspects. No. <laughs> <laughs> because you're able to look up stuff and continue talking about the same subject. And don't interrupt, like, don't interrupt with crazy talk. And don't start singing the Darkwing Duck theme song behind us. Darkwing Duck! No, that's something I do less than Scott. You're right. That meaning worse than Scott. Because that was awesome. I, I didn't enjoy that. That was fun. I yeah. miss Scott. By the time he just started playing guitar while we were talking. I, I miss all of that. Because <laughs> that was fun and that's crazy. That's pretty good. You do miss Scott. The last episode we did was a lot of fun. It is great.